Welcome to the Truth Lover video podcast presented by Love and Truth Party. I'm your host, Will Pye, author, speaker, transformational coach, workshop and retreat leader and founder of Love and Truth Party. You can find out more about me at www.willpie.com. Love and Truth Party is a self-organizing, self-replicating community and movement of love and awakening, a wisdom school facilitating health, healing and happiness, liberating humanity from the matrix of fear and self loading find us and join our mailing list at www.loveandtruthparty.org we exist to empower the deep realization and integration of unitive consciousness of one human being and to inspire action in the world from this clarity as new earth ninjas our playful avatar we do so in the spirit of play holding the paradox of all as well even and including all collective crises whilst simultaneously being moved to act to lessen suffering and serve the creation of conscious culture and society our projects include distributing a million love letters from the universe inviting people to receive the love and care in these and within the happiness hacks including the seven questions other free resources plus our online courses all found at love and truth party O-R-G. I'm really excited today to be joined by Kenny Johnson. Kenny is the founder and director of This Sacred Space, a nonprofit. He's also the author of the book, The Last Hustle, which chronicles his journey as a street hustler, prisoner, and finally a spiritual seeker. This sacred space is dedicated to bringing spiritual awareness to all beings who are stuck in the prison of their minds. He provides inner spiritual healing the men and women behind bars and after their release, as well as their families. He also educates men and women that the true prison is in the mind and that through neuroplasticity, the brain is able to rewire itself and rewrite the subconscious programming that keeps a person on the merry-go-round of recidivism. This sacred space was born from Kenny's experiences of being in prison for over 20 years. He owes a deep gratitude to his spiritual teacher, Ganga Ji, who came into federal prison in September of 1994 and shared the life-changing message of freedom. He says that the fortuitous meeting in federal prison placed him on the path of self-discovery and the continual unraveling of story after story after story. Kenny has been out of prison since 1997. He now resides in Largo, Florida, where he works with people from around the world pointing them to how they can use spiritual awareness and the brain through neuroscience to set themselves free of their inner prisons. A quote from Kenny, I have found that my true master is consciousness and I bow moment to moment this mysterious force of awareness that found me worthy of such unspeakable love. Mm. Kenny can be reached at Kenny at thissacredspace.org. You'll find all contact details and website details and so on in the show notes. Kenny, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to have you here. Uh, thank you, Will. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, and thank you, audience, who's out, who's out uh, viewing. Uh, may you all be well in these trying times and challenging times because um, each day I wake up and I have to reset, you know, 
reorganize my mind because each day there is something new that I have to adjust to uh, that I just had no idea would be in my life at this stage. I, just, this is, I never imagined that we would be experiencing such a collective Pain, suffering, joy, freedom, uh, whatever you want to call it at the same time. You so, know, it's like everybody knows now how it feels to be in prison. <laughs> yeah, you were saying this when we, when we spoke before. And to, to, to frame our dialogue, this title we came up with to sort of point us in some general direction incarceration, true mm -hmm. freedom, and yes. creating a better brain which seems to like sum up your story rather eloquently and you were speaking to having been in, in prison for, for 20 years and I hear you yes. say that right now lockdown is kind of nothing compared to your experience of being incarcerated all that time. No, uh, when, they, when they said you had to shut in place quarantine or whatever, for two days my mind just freaked out like no, no, pandemic, because I didn't know what pandemic means. I didn't know what the virus was. And it just sent me spinning, you know, you know, spinning like, how do I, what is this? What, what must I do? Shelter in place. I mean, how am I going to survive, you know? And I had to do my research. And so I started reaching out to different people and I started doing my one online and understanding what's going on here. And then once I understood what was going on, I said, okay, cool, I can do this. This is nothing. It say two months, three months, whatever, November, whatever. It's cool. You know, I I lived in a cell, a prison cell for 10 months straight, 24 hours a day, not coming out except to shower and to maybe an hour of exercise if they felt like it. So it was solitary confinement. Yeah, yeah, it was solitary confinement, yes. Yeah. So I know how it feels to be totally incarcerated, a lockdown. 10 months straight and having people bring your food to you and everything. Can, can you speak a little bit to that? Because from my understanding, solitary confinement is regarded as one of the most, uh, you know, some people, some studies suggest it should be banned for its inhumanity, for the intensity, for the challenge it poses to a human. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in my book, The Last Hustle, I, I spoke to, I brought, I, magnified that uh, issue. I was in a federal prison and uh, I was incarcerated or locked down or isolated with one other gentleman for 10 months straight. Both of us went in that cell together, same conscious, loving inmates. I chose the path of reading books. The Bible, the Quran, uh, Bolozov, we're all doing time. Uh, the yoga book. Yeah, the Gita. I read all I could grab, put my hands on because they would bring up a library cart by and you could reach out and grab a book and I was grabbing spiritual material. It's unconsciously. My celly, my roommate, or cellmate, he 
went another path. He just laid there in bed. He just laid there in bed. About six months into this solitary confinement, I woke up one morning at three o'clock in the morning to somebody yelling and screaming. And it was my cellmate. He had took all his clothes off and became naked and nude and was holding a six inch round pipe, steam pipe. But this was in the summertime, so it was cold. And he was holding it and his eyes were that big and he was screaming, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. And I woke up out of my sleep and I looked back at him and I jumped off my top bunk and I started beating on the door of the cell, calling for the guard. The guard came, said, what's wrong? And I just pointed you know, toward my room cellmate and he yelled up to the uh, guy who controls the doors, open 122, and he snatched me out and they shut it back. And then about an hour later, the goon squad, a bunch of guards with shields and helmets and batons and a nurse in a white gown with a long needle. I'll never forget this long needle. And they went in and they subdued him and, and, and strapped him to his bed and they shot him up with uh, either Thorazine or Prolixin, or animal tranquilizer. And he laid there his own piss, feces, whatever, for seven days or so. And they finally released him and took him to the shower and cleaned him up. And he never really came back from that, Will. He never came back. His mind went. He never came back from you know, the whole shock of everything. And that was, in my mind, started propelling towards spiritual things. And uh, I started, you know, grabbing onto spiritual material. I even, I even went deeper into holding my mind. Like, it was almost like my consciousness was saying, okay, we gotta keep it together, Kenny. We gotta keep it together, man. You see what happened to you? You gotta hold this together, man. You can't let your mind go. And that's when I really almost unconsciously knew that in order to survive any prison, any type of uh, incarceration or system, you need to hold on to your brain. You need to hold on to your mind. You need to hold on to your consciousness. And I have done that every day, faithfully. And that is what set me free from prison, really. And the, where the prison was, uh, the thoughts that I was thinking, the uh, emotions that I was entertaining, uh, the conditioning I got from my childhood, from my family and society, you know. I had to break free of all those different chains shackles and bonds and fetters, you know, that we as human beings get as we coming out the womb of, of our mother and we are looking around society and we start getting programmed by, through our environment. Being a young guy in Arkansas, I got programmed in a poverty type environment, out of sharecropper, picking cotton type of environment. Then I moved to Kansas City, Missouri and uh, I became a little thief. I started stealing things and rebelling against society. And that rebellion was really more rebellion of the life that I was living in the society that I was raised in. I was rebelling against family, school, everything. And 14 years later, I was in juvenile, juvenile halls, 
Right, at 14, you were mm -hmm. in effect in, in, yeah. in juvenile prison. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, that's, we were saying just before we started to record, like for me, 14 is a huge age that so much happened in my life. I think it is for a lot of people. I hear it was for you too. But to go into juvenile detention at 14, to, to go into incarceration at that point, I, I can... Um, I, I can only imagine like the intensity of what that is on a young mind yes, yes, body yes. to have that experience. Yes. I, I, I imagine you were already rebelling. Like, did that mm -hmm. increase the rebellion, the, the anger, like yeah. the, the, the fury of this fuck world and crazy system? How, how, how was that first taste? I rebel. I was rebelling against the life that I was born into. Well, if I was to look at it now, I was rebelling against the life that I was born into. Uh, alcoholism, you know, domestic abuse, uh, teenagers beating up on teenagers. There's a lot of violence in the inner city I was raised up in. And so I was rebelling against that. You would get beat, you would, you know, my mother would take a switch, a switch and beat us for doing something wrong. And then you go out into the streets, you got a facial pierce and they want to beat you up because they can. Or you didn't know how to fight, whatever the case may be. Or you go to school, you had to fight your way to school and fight your way. So I was rebelling against all the violence in my neighborhood because I, my nature is basically a one of peace, you know, of, of inclusiveness, of love. But everything around me was violent. And so I was really rebelling against that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I, can, I, I can feel that tension, uh, but in a very different context. Like I, I had nothing of that degree of challenge or difficulty, uh, but I can yes. certainly locate the finding myself in a world and thinking this place is insane, it's crazy, and yes, this peaceful, yes. loving nature, finding a, like, rebelling against the world as it was. And it, I, I want to share with you an experience because it feels like you may mm -hmm. resonate with uh, mm -hmm. teaching in a maximum security prison in Portland. And okay. it was a, a group that had volunteered to, to learn yoga. So a bit of a, you know, uh, not, not, not a random sample of the prison population, right? The, the, the dozen or so that had chosen to study yoga. And I remember still, I can see very clearly one guy, he sat there in full Lotus position um, with that sparkle in his eyes. And I was like, wow, the guy has, He's awoken. He, he's mm -hmm. he's uh, as buddhic as anyone I've seen out there on the non-dual circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yes, he, yes. He, he's clearly been doing time and similar mm -hmm. to yourself, perhaps, and actually making a choice to use that time as best as possible to mm -hmm. to, to study as you were studying. I, I think this guy had been doing a lot of meditation, but like, yeah. But that's easy for me to, to imagine or say, but the actual reality of accessing spiritual literature, of, of taking yes. 
part amidst all that madness and a system that's not supportive of you right right right, right. in that way like can you speak more to, to to how it was that you were able to to focus on your consciousness as you were saying and to, and to yeah. study and, and to evolve spiritually whilst you were incarcerated well the one thing i did get from my mother you know uh as i was coming up every sunday we all had to go to church we were christians baptists southern baptists from arkansas and we had to go to church every Sunday, you know. And um, I had to participate in a play, you know. And I had to learn a little Bible verse. And I struggled with to learn that verse. I struggled to learn that verse because in order to learn something, you got to keep repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. And I finally got the verse, and it was my turn to get up on the stage and to say my little verse, you know, of Bible. And it was study thyself to be approved unto God, workmen that needed not to be ashamed of the truth. Can you say that again, please? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed. Mm. You know, and I, that one per, that one little verse has been with me ever since. I mean, I, I repeat it, oh no, no. And uh, I, I may be somewhat, somewhat paraphrasing it, but when I left jail, I mean, when I left my home and I started going to the juvenile facilities, it was like, that was in my brain, studies to show thyself approved unto God. And so wherever I go in any jail facility, I gravitated to religious material first, and it would be the Bible. And every prison cell had a Bible. <laughs> Every person so you grab the Bible, you know, you're locked up for the thirtieth time. Okay, let me read the Bible again. Our Father who art in heaven, <laughs> in the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was with God. <laughs> and so I was starting, you know, and then that would lead me to, uh, well, maybe you know, and what happens is that now that I'm, I'm more uh, aware of the brain. Just reading that spiritual material, it would propel my awareness into the frontal lobe of the brain, and I would move toward other spiritual material. It's just like, not, I'm, I'm, not in, I'm not in survival, I'm not in fight or flight mode, I'm in more of a creative mode. So how can I create my paradise while I'm in prison? How can I create an environment that's safe for me in prison? And that's the purpose of the, that's the, that's the, purpose of the brain is to create safety and security. And so I started reading positive thinking books. I, I learned how to play the saxophone. I uh, learned how to play tennis and, and those things. And I started grabbing onto things, Will, that were positive, that were creative, and that would uh, uh, put my awareness in a more unlimited possibility realm. I didn't know all of that then, but that was it. I was thinking, I was reading Thinking Grow Rich, uh, Norman Vincent Peale, uh, Success with a Positive Mental Attitude, Psycho-Cybernetics, on and on and on. And all of those books kept, well, I, was in, I would do it in prison. I would read all these books and meditate in prayer and everything. But as soon as I got out of prison, I would go back to the streets, back to hustling. 
and I might be out six months or maybe a year, maybe 18 months, then I go back to jail for another three, four years, and I would have to start again, you know, doing all the positive things. I played in a jazz band, saxophone, everything. And all of those things kept my awareness in a, in a higher state than most of my peers in prison. Because most of my peers in prison, such as the gentleman that went crazy, they would, they would be smoking weed, they would be doing heroin, or they would be drinking alcohol, or they'd be fighting homosexual activities, whatever the case may be, fighting with the guards, killing each other. And I was above all that because I was reading material that kept me on a higher conscious level. It was all unconscious, you know, but yeah, what, what do you make of that unconscious aspect? So I hear that you had on the one hand this phrase given to you by your mother yes, that was yeah, yeah. in other ways perhaps not the greatest mother from my understanding of yeah, what you've shared. Yeah. But this this sort of yeah. little gem got stuck in yes. your mind. And then there was you said unconsciously you were drawn towards the spiritual literature as well. Yes. What yes, do, what do yes. you make of that unconscious movement towards spirituality or, or, or truth? Well, as I, as I, if I was to say, it was more like the frontal lobe of the brain or prefrontal cortex or the cortex of the brain had this mantra running. It was here because I repeated it over and over and over and over. I don't repeat fighting. I don't repeat drugs. I repeated this every Sunday, mind you, from a little bitty boy all the way up until I was almost 15, 14 years old, this mantra, it was really in my head. It was there, it was drilled into my head. It was just there. And so it was so like the guiding light. It was the guiding light. That was the only positive spiritual food that I had. And as we know, Spiritual food is eternal food, is invisible food, and all-powerful food. And so it kept me looking for other food, other morsels to go like, okay, well, you got the bread. You need some meat to go along with it. That's thinking mm -hmm. go rich. Uh, you got the meat, you need some beans and potatoes to go along with it. So let's get some psychocybernetics. <laughs> so, uh -huh. so I kept adding to my recipe, man, with that little bit of morsel of food, that little piece of bread, <laughs> that eternal piece of bread kept, well, hey, Ken, we can't eat bread every day. I need some cheese to go along with this, Ken. So let's go here and get a little of this. <laughs> and, and, and while we're eating, Ken, you know, we need to digest this. We need to be, stay in shape. You know, because we're going to be here for a while. And so I learned how to play tennis, you know what I'm saying? And Kenny, also, we need a little rhythm with this. So let's get a little saxophone music going on here. So I got the rhythm. I got the physicality. And all of that was due to this, this, this spiritual food that I was fed when I was young, despite all the other stuff, Bill. As you know, and as every spiritual person knows, it's the spiritual food that gets us through. And my mother, in her wisdom or whatever, gave me that piece. And that little piece was conscious, en conscious enough to guide this unconscious kid. Because it consciousness was awake in me. Even though I didn't know it was awake, it was, it was, it was awake enough to guide me because consciousness is what moves us out. Consciousness is what runs the world.
And so I had, I had, not knowing it, I had got a piece of consciousness and it was that little, that little, that truth, that spiritual truth was guiding me. It was sort of like, I was talking to a brother today who'd been in prison. I said, no, when you put your awareness on the frontal lobe or when you uh, learn about the free prefrontal cortex, you learn about the brain. I say, the lights are on, the regular, the regular lights are on. You know, you turn the lights on, parking lights, they're on. But when you need to see far ahead, mm, 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 you turn on the high beams. <laughs> and the high beams was when you put everything in the frontal lobe. And I was living in the frontal lobe, so I was able to see dangers and steer clear of dangers with other guys couldn't, Will, because I had my high beams on. And it was all because there was piece of spiritual food that my mother gave me in that milieu of devastation almost, or ghetto living, or chaos, you know, anger, rage. Right, there's, there's something just unspeakably beautiful yes. in that, yeah. that amidst mm -hmm. all that darkness and terror mm -hmm. and tumult and disadvantage and yes. so on, there was this mm -hmm. really profoundly helpful bit of programming. And yes. I, I, can, I can relate to some extent that I can yes. look back mm -hmm. and think there was a, a, a quote here or a, mm -hmm. a bit of advice from my father there yeah. That, yeah. That, that just stuck. And at, and yes. at particular times when really useful in mm. causing a, a, a wiser choice amidst mm. much um, unwise choices in my own experience. Right. Go ahead. I was going to say, and, and now, like, I, I love the way that your your body language is pointing to, you know, the, 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 the frontal lobe and your work yes, with people yeah, yes. to help them understand some of what you yeah. now know you are doing in yes, terms of yes. creating a more functional brain. Creating a yes, brain yes, yes. that is more happy, more yeah. effective in, in navigating yeah. this, this this crazy world that you'd rebelled against so yeah. strongly as a child. Hey, Bruce Lipton says that the Jesuits have a saying. Give me a child at the age of one, and by the age of seven, I will show you the man because they would give him the spiritual teachings. I came out of my mother's womb at the age of one. My mother had Christianity as her focus, her foundation. She gave me that, that food. She gave me that. And that created the spiritual man that I am now. It's remarkable, isn't it? That because someone might look at your story and where you were born, the socioeconomic circumstances you were born into, being African-American in a, in a profoundly racist system, and say that would determine where your path would take you or where your evolution yes, would, would unfold. And to some yes. extent it did. It did, yes, it did. Yeah. It in, in prison. Prison, yeah. And yet there was this other impetus this other direction yes, this other influence yes yes, that yes, yes. Se se seemingly small right yeah, a phrase that seemingly small yes yeah, seem very small innocuous very harmless uh you know i'll repeat but yeah but my sisters my brothers they all got their their own variation of that hmm. but i got it i was the oldest and i i'm the oldest of seven and i got it i guess more direct 
because I'm the first one to really get it. And the rest of them got it more watered down. But I got it direct, you know, you know, from grandma, auntie, mama, and the church. You know, I got the spirit of the down-home religion, you know, and it was placed in my brain. The brain runs the show on this, uh, 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 on this planet Earth. As a human species, the brain is the key. The brain is the freedom. As a human being, consciousness created these bodies and created this world to operate through us and to move our nervous system toward and to and fro. And now that I know that, I operate from that from that awareness that it's the brain that is running the show, but consciousness is operating this body. I was going to say, and, and this, yeah. right? So the brain yes, is dispersed yes. through the heart yeah, and the gut yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. If the brain uh, through the prefrontal cortex sends the energy through the, the limbic system all down through the uh, different parts of the brain and cerebellum and on and on, on to the uh, vagus nerves and the spinal cord and all the the central nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system, and it moves the human towards things and away from things. Uh, if, 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 if the brain perceives danger, it sends energy to the arms and legs to flee. If it senses love, it moves energy to move toward this love. The brain is the operating system, you know, for consciousness. And once you know where to put a tool, place your consciousness in the brain, the prefrontal cortex, the latest part of the brain, then you can move more consciously, more positively, and more creative, create, creatively. And that's where I live now. And that's where I try to teach as many people as possible. Put your awareness here. You know, you see the, uh, 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 the Hindus, you know, and the sadhus and the yogis, they got the white ass here, they got, you know, the thing here, and they got this head here, and you see all the, the goddesses and everything is all, you know, you see the, uh, 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 the Christian saints, they got the halo here. Well, they're pointed to this, to, the, to, the, to, the, to this, they're pointed to the brain. You know, you don't see a halo around the hand or around the foot, you see around the brain. <clears throat> Even and, Jesus. And, and often that's that circle which sort of points yeah, to a, a fully yeah. connected brain rather than yeah, just the default yeah. mode network at, at the back, but actually yes, the prefrontal right. as well, a fully engaged right. brain. Right, right, right. And I teach people to put your awareness here first and foremost. Hmm. Once you put your awareness here first and foremost, however you can do that, I have a few techniques that I, I can teach people to do this and to stay there and stay conscious. Once you put your awareness in just a basic meditation, you asked mm -hmm. me earlier about meditation. A basic meditation practice I do is I just breathe in through my nose and breathe out through my nose. And I imagine the breath coming up through my, from, from my pelvic area on up, on up to my head, and then back down. And just breathe slow. That's a basic calm breathing practice, become aware of the breath. And when you become aware of the breath, then your, your awareness, your conscious mind goes to the frontal lobe. It just automatically goes there. Boop, there you are, oh, man. Mm, now you're in the frontal lobe. But if you don't know that, 
then when trouble comes, issues in your life come, come at you, and you've been meditating all day, you get up, you're feeling great, you're feeling invigorated, then you get in your car and somebody almost cuts you off, and there you go, you don't lost your, you, you, you don't lost your awareness, your conscience, your love, your love and kindness, your peace. The only reason you did that because you took your awareness from here and you put it in the reptile emotional brain. But once that happens, you can go right back to it. And that's the key. People don't know you go right back. You can reset immediately, quickly. You know, you don't have to go to another retreat. You don't have to go to pay $10,000 to, to go to the be here now for seven day retreat. And I show you God, then you go to that damn retreat. You come out and two days later, you're ready to kill your wife and your kids. Like what happened to it? I spent 10 grand. <laughs> And I'm still screwed up. <laughs> well, the teacher, <laughs> you know, uh, who wants to get another 10 grand from me, <laughs> he said, well, come back again for the silent retreat. <laughs> <laughs> now, you done became silent. Ooh, I see it now. I see the light. Four days later, after you leave, get back home, and you're so back you on your job. Yeah, I need another <laughs> So I'm, I'm hearing you, there's a cheaper part, which is the, yeah. the, the day by day, moment to moment. Moment to moment. The teacher yes, well. yes, yes. I live, it took me years to learn this, Will. You know, my teacher blessed me with the awareness of who I am. I had that experience. And what my teacher did, Gandhiji, in 1994 in federal prison, I was sitting in a little meditation group. She came in to visit us in Littleton, Colorado. And uh, at that time I had a very bald head and she was, I was sitting right next to her and I looked up to her and I said, Gangaji, 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 you know, it's my understanding that we got to die before we can receive God's grace. That was the Christian teachings. You die and go to heaven somewhere, you know. She says, Kenny, God's grace is here now. And I said, she said, you think you're a black man? You think you're a convict? You think you're the mother, you father of your mother, son of your mother, and the, fa and the father of your daughter? You're none of these things. Now I'm contemplating, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that shit, you know what I'm saying? Then she said, lean your head over here. And I leaned my head over toward her. And she took a little mallet wheel, you know, like, like ding, ding. And she said, bing, bing, bing. I went frontal lobe, total frontal lobe. I did not leave for two straight years. Mm. I was living in bliss for two years in prison. And wherever I walked in prison, I transmitted this to the men and women incarcerated. Because I was established in consciousness in a prefrontal cortex. She unconsciously or intuitively brought my awareness there. I invite you to speak up. I can just hear you. I want to make sure that our listeners do too. I, I, I want to just point to something that flashed into my consciousness. There. Okay. Like a lot of okay. the practices of religion, like that, the touching the head and, and, and so, yeah. but I get that there's a really a, in, in that moment at least, it feels that there was a functional, practical, it was literally, you know, 
yes, activating, yes. locating. Yes, you yes, can search yes. the third eye, you can search the frontal yes, lobe. Yes, yes, yes. But to then yes. reside in that for two years, that sounds yes. extraordinary. That sounds like your previous study and what was the practice prior to that in terms of meditation? Uh, uh, yoga, meditation, um, you know, and so meditating daily, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I, I would give a four o'clock in the morning, go and sit and meditate, you know, and so when you she did right. that, y'all was right, you know, when she did that, I was like, boom, woohoo, wow, man, I was like, okay, I, what, whatever this is, I'm not leaving it. I'm standing here. I'm rooted and grounded in this space here. I knew that much. And it was a space of love, of compassion, and joy. And when you go to frontal lobe, that's where you are. You're in compassion, you're in love and kindness, you're in joy, you're in bliss, you're in spaciousness, you're in consciousness, you're in uh, all things are possible. And I was living that space. And I live there now. But now, Will, the difference is, I consciously know where to retreat to. I consciously know where to go for my silent retreat. I don't have to spend $10,000 because I ain't got $10,000. If I had $10,000, I wouldn't be spending on no retreat. I would spend on helping other people go to the, you know, the finest place. Well, it's this simple. It's this simple. When people put their awareness in the frontal lobe and they stay there, just stay there, they're free. Mm. It's that simple. But the teachers, they don't know, they don't teach it, but neuroscience and neuroplasticians, they teach this. That it's the frontal lobe is where the freedom is, where spaciousness is. The Dalai Lama sent so many Buddhist monks to over here to America to be placed on these uh, FMR, FMRI machines to check out where their, where all the blood was going when they was meditating. Every last one of them was residing in the frontal lobe. Duh! As human beings, we are designed to be awake in the body. And consciousness has a home. The consciousness has a throne, and the throne is here. It's not a reptile mode, fight or flight. It's not an emotional mode or limbic system or the membrane where you, ah, 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 you don't feel. No, it's here. And the, this is the seat of power for the human being. So that's why we I, I am grateful that you are allowing me this opportunity to share this wisdom, this knowledge. And maybe somebody can grab this and say, oh, that's what I'm experiencing. And I didn't know what it was. I would go to Will's Satsang, I would Will's prison program, I Will's yoga event, and I would have this moment of, wow, everything is okay. But then I would go home and, well, things aren't okay. What happened? Not no fault of Will's or Kenneth, whomever the teacher may be, they just didn't know. But neuroscience and neuroplasticity is saying, this is where it's happened to us as human beings. And so I just happened to get blessed with this knowledge two years ago, and I try to share with many people as possible that all you have to do is put your awareness here, and you're good. We love the clarity and simplicity and profundity yes, of, of yes, what you're sharing. Yes, I've yes. moved a lot in these spiritual teacher circles and in um, neuroscience circles as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's true to say that I actually haven't heard 
and amidst all of that, anything quite as clear and concise mm-hmm. and practical as go here, yes, go into yeah. the frontal lobe. That's it. That's I, it. I, I would extend it to, to, to the heart and the hara, like, you know, but, but, but in terms of like a simple instruction here and now, go here. And I, I, I love, as you point, that there's this knowing now in your embodiment, in your consciousness, yes. where to go, like where the silent retreat is. And refuge. Where do you take refuge? I take refuge here, Will. When I'm driving, I know I, 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 have a, I drive Uber, you know, that's, I mean, that's how I make my living, how I feed myself. I get in my van, man, and I'm cool. I don't know who's going to get in. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter who gets in. If they're going to get in my van, we're going to have socks on. I'm going to talk about it. I got a card. I got cards that say neuroplasticity. Um, you know, I, I can help you <laughs> take one of these. You know, you might come, you might not come, but you can't say that you don't know now, you know? Uh-huh. Because it's my job, it's my job as one who knows to share this as many people as possible because we'll, I know they don't know. I didn't know two years ago. A brother from, a brother, a friend of mine that was in Bali, Indonesia, sent for me. I, my marriage was failing. I've been married for five years and my wife and I were still at each other's throat for no reason. We didn't know that we were living in reptile mode, um, limbic system of mammal mode. We didn't know this. We both were spiritual people. We were doing yoga. We were meditating. We were having tantric sex and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? And we, and we still ready to kill each other. And so I said, baby, we're getting a divorce. I'm going to Bali and hang out with my buddy. I went over there. I sat down with him. He says, man, do you know about the brain and the amygdala and all? I said, he said, check this video out. I checked out the video. I'm in my I'm in my villa in Bali. You know, it's three o'clock in the morning. I, I just left this villa, went back home. You know, right my mother's school. I get home. I turn the computer on, and I'm looking at this video, five minute video. Will, after watching the video and doing what the guy say do, I jumped up and I said, I will never be in prison again. Now I know what they mean, the prison of the mind. I will never be in prison again. Because it's I know where to put my awareness. Right. It's like you now had a map, the territory yes. that you'd already explored, but yes. now you actually had a sort of guiding system to go back to it and and, uh, and share it with others as well. I go, I have a GPS system, and it guides me un- unerringly back here. Whenever I feel negative, I feel depressed, I feel angry, I feel like, oh, oh, oh okay, I'm, I'm very familiar with these feelings, these emotions. Hmm. I, have, I have little techniques I can show people. You know, I have little practice I can show people. It's very, and, and, and these are based upon scientific studies that people have done around depressed patients. And we had them put their uh, stimulate this part of the brain or to imagine this and to do this and boom, instantly they're in front of low. This is the key, man. This is a fucking key. This is it. Uh, once people grab onto this, man, I hope that one or two people grab onto it and it takes off, they will say, oh my God, no, I would know, I would be happy, I would be joyful, I would be in bliss, then I would lose it. Yes, you lost it because you didn't know where to, where to go back to find it. <laughs> That's why you lost it. 
Because, I mean, the teacher gave it, you know, let, let, even, the, even when you go to the satsangs, you go to this hall and you sit there, and pretty soon everybody's brain is, you, you go, you're in peace, automatically the brain is, ah, oh, it's safe here, it's secure here. So the, the amygdala can relax. It is not a fight or flight, it just move forward, and boom, they're doing in front of low. But then when you walk out, you know, and, you know, and, 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 and the teacher hadn't done their job, Boom, the middle goes back and you're in flight or flight. You know, but now I, I know, I just know now. I know now. I know. I know it's, how to stay free. It's, it's, it's a bit of a bind because the, 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 the true teacher or a, a teacher to do their job most effectively is to put themselves out of business, right? It's to give you the map, the tools, such that you don't need yes. to keep going back to them. No, you don't. Um, that's not generally how it works, though, right? There's people. No, 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 man. They give, I mean, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and check it out. They give you a principle. They give you all this stuff. But will they give you all those principles? But but you got to come back and get them again and refresh and refresh, refresh. The key is once you know where to put your awareness, then this the light bulbs go down and you, then it starts guiding you to all the principles, all the strategies you need to survive. Mm. But you and need to maybe turn it on and off. Yeah, it's, it's thrive even. To enjoy and to Enjoy life. I am so happy now, Will. Mm. I, I'm, I'm so happy just knowing where to put my awareness. I'm not mm. rich, don't get me wrong. I'm not Tony Robbins or Deepak Chopra, none of them rich guys. But I know where to put my awareness. I know where to tell my brothers and sisters to put my awareness so they can stay free. Now, I may never get rich, duh. But I know now. Uh, at one time, Will, when I was doing prison work, working with the incarcerated, I would walk out of prison and I would say, I've been working with these guys for six months. And one guy kind of got the truth of what I'm talking about. But the other three or 400 didn't get it. Sorry, man, can you did, speak up? Uh, the other three or four hundred, they didn't get this truth. What is it that I'm doing wrong? What is it that I'm missing? I'm missing something here. I knew I was missing something. There was no doubt in my mind, I am missing something here. It wasn't until I learned about the brain and neuroscience, neuroplasticity, that that's what I was missing. That's Now they got this COVID-19, I can't go into prisons. So now I got to create a new vehicle to get this information into the incarcerated. So I want to work on a second book. I want to work on a little bit of a booklet that lays this out and start mailing it into the incarcerated because they need to know where to put their attention so they can set themselves free. That is a population I was always have a, a warm spot in my heart for because I know they're suffering intimately. Mm. I know they're in prison up here the stories that they tell themselves over and over and over and over again. And I know if they can just boom, they won't be telling that story again. And they know how to get there. They know how to get, you know, like the, like the mouse knows how to get to the cheese every time. Once they know how to get to the cheese, they're cool. Well, I know where to get to the cheese. I know how to get there. So yes, I am not, this is not a get rich game that I'm setting out. But it's not about getting rich. It's about setting people free. Yeah, right. And there's something of uh, unspeakable wealth and prosperity in, in offering that in this world, right? That's, uh, yes, especially uh, now. Especially now. 
we, we had a guest on this show, a lady called Fritzi Horstman, who's running the Compassion Prison Project. And uh, I might seek to connect you guys because you're doing work that she's doing. There's a, I think there's a strong alignment. So after this show, I'll see if yeah. I can uh, connect you guys. I wanted to speak uh, to my delight and appreciation. Like when I met you, Kenny, it was at the Science and Non-Duality Conference in California. Yes, and yes. For anyone listening and watching, this is, you know, it's, uh, uh, I, I would say 90%, maybe 80% of the teachers at the time would be white men, right? Mm -hmm. So there's underrepresentation of women and underrepresentation of African-Americans. And yes, usually the style of delivery of the non-dual teacher is very sort of soft and you know, how peaceful I am and so on. And Kenny comes on and he's got this like, you, know, you said Southern Baptist, it's like this like Baptist uh, preacher, like preaching the word. <laughs> and like the room was just electrified. There was this radiance and everyone was like, did you see Kenny Johnson? Did you see Kenny Johnson? Was like, Whoa, wow. And... I, I love that, and, I, and I'm so yeah. happy that it's culminated in this conversation, and that it will yes. serve people listening and watching. And I and I just mm -hmm. love the fact that people are getting into your Uber, mm -hmm. and they're getting this <laughs> potential if they're open to this. Yes, yes. That saying, to this. Yes, 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 like, yes. The, yeah. the, the, the Lord moves in mysterious ways, right? Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 we are check it out. The whole time everybody was in COVID-19 lockdown, I never experienced lockdown. Because I was a frontline worker. <laughs> I was taking people to the hospital, taking people their meals. I mean, it was like uh, lockdown, quarantine, what's that? <laughs> And, and, and Will, on top of it, they said, well, you can't go to the beaches. I'll drive down, park my van down, I get this evening, I'm tired of working. And, uh, and they have these big old barriers, and it's always taped in COVID-19, social, don't go in. I was walk through that tape, walk on down to the beach, and just jump into the ocean and swim, and flip-flop around. And then the police were, were, were trolling the beaches, and I'd be waving to them, they'd be waving. <laughs> Yeah, Will, I never experienced quarantine, man. <laughs> hey, Will, I already did it, man. <laughs> I already been quarantined, man. I hear you, and like, what comes? Oh shit! What I'm seeing on social media and so on at the moment. For you as an African-American to be mm. walking through barriers and going into the ocean and then to be friendly, waving at the police yeah. and it being all harmonious, yeah. like that's, that's yeah. warming to, to hear. And I wonder if there's anything, what, like what's the life for you as the Black Lives Matter process unfold? Like how are you viewing all that? Well, okay. First of all, I don't support the violence in a, in a looting and all that. I don't support that. Uh, my take is this, all human beings, young, old, white, rich, poor, politician, rich, whatever, the, all of their lives matter. All of their lives matter. Everything matters on the greatest scale. Has African-Americans been abused in America? Yes, they have. Then you look for Africa and there's a whole nother abuse going on. You look at the, 
look around the world, there's uh, abuse happened to somebody. Children, pedophilia, is the, their lives matter. You know, um, you look where we look, you can see suffering. Animals, their lives matter. Every all lives matter. As as human species, all of our lives matter. Now let's get a little. If we're gonna break it down to why everybody's riding and break it up, George Floyd, you know, was killed by a cop. You know, that could have been me because I was in that world. I know George Floyd's, you know, state of mind. You know, he got out of prison. He was trying to get his life together, but he still was in that reptile survival mode. So that placed him in that reptile survival police mode mindset. And so the police is in reptile mode. George Floyd is in reptile mode, you know, survival, fight or flight, and they met. And the police put his mind, his knee on it because he has, he, when you're in reptile mode, you don't have no consciousness or care for the human human species. And so George Floyd lost his life. The cop went to jail. That should have been it. But then it exploded into all this other stuff and everybody has an opinion on it. Oprah, whomever, everybody got an opinion on, you know, how is, you know, the black lives matter or how reparations should happen to us. Reparations should happen, should happen to all human beings because all human beings are suffering. All human beings are suffering. You know, um, if you turn on the media, the TV, and the first thing you get from any of the news medias around the world is blah, 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 COVID-19, this is our thermodynamic, boom. Now you have kicked the brain into fight or flight or survival mode, and people are committing domestic abuse, people are committing suicide, people are beating the children, people are using drugs, people are doing uh, uh, abusing alcohol, people are losing their jobs, all because of the media is blasting out all of this junk into the brain. And the brain doesn't know anything, but it says, <laughs> and so. People are living in survival mode all the time, Will. Right. That's right. what matters to me most. Yeah, and I really want to honor the clarity of that message as to what's happening right now. So sure, there's a virus and people are contracting the virus and a small percentage are dying and all the rest. There's a facticity, a veracity there. And yet what is also happening is this blasting out of fear, this constant messaging, which is nothing new of course but the volume has been turned up and up people into a fight and flight position it's creating division it's creating poor health it's creating poor health, poor health. I mean, that's a, yes yes that's yes a, when we move into that highly stressed state of the yes system, yes, that's not yes. for our health and i don't watch the news will mm-hmm. i don't watch it so turning off the... No, no, no. no. I, don't even, I don't even go to Facebook no more, man. I mean, the Facebook, I go, I look, okay, cool. Okay. I check out one, two, okay, that's enough of that. No, I can't do it. Because I, I, it's like, I need to protect this brain. This is the most valuable asset I got. I can't let the fear come in, fear, because I know my brain is going to say, fear, 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 fear. It's going to send, it's going to shut down my nervous system. Send blood to certain areas so I can run a fight. Or I, I don't. I can't do that to my nervous system. Well, I, I want my immune system to stay strong, and so I have to protect this. This is the most valuable asset in my brain. I have to protect it at all costs. As you know, Will, you know, in uh, India and Bali, you'll see these uh, terrifying 
lions or, or statues on both sides of the temple. They are guarding the inner sanctum of the temple. I am guarding the inner sanctum of my temple by keeping this. All right, guys. I'm, I'm on top of myself because I know now where my freedom is. I know where my joy is. And I cannot let it, my brain or my amygdala to be hijacked mm -hmm. by the news media or by friends that tell me stuff over and over and over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Like what my mother called me. You know, there's, the cases are rising in Florida. I said, Mom, I don't care about the cases rising in Florida. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. No, but you got to protect yourself. I said, Mom. I'm okay. I know what to protect. You know, she doesn't understand. But she's 90 years old, man. I love her to death and everything, but mom, you can't feed me that. I'm not accepting that kind of food. There's a post I saw, so I still go on Facebook and, and I um, uh, do so as mindfully as possible and, and withdraw when necessary. And one post I saw recently spoke about fear having been made a virtue. And as such, you are in this group speak, in this mob mentality where if you're not scared, you don't care or you're not aware. And of course, the opposite is true that in an absence of fear, in love, in the frontal lobe, we're actually looking after our own physical well being. And yes. of service to the collective. Uh, air to the collective, yes. As well. Yes, yes, yes. You pointed to a couple of, like, you know, we, Love and Truth Party is designed to support liberation from the matrix. We can yes. say the matrix yes. is, is, the, is the limbic system, it's the end yes. yes. being um, hijacked, it's the news media, it's a health right. system that's corrupted and kills more than uh, people are seemingly aware and yes. i hear from you just like a couple of really practical methods steps that people can take to extract themselves to liberate themselves from the matrix the first is that going into the frontal lobe you know, breathing you could you can you mentioned ganga g so presumably we can bring our own touch to that yes. part of our head, if we yeah. wish, but to drop into our own bliss and refuge and to turn off the media. We, yeah. we don't need to know how many people no. are dying or how no. many cases. No. There's no, no. advantage that doesn't help us or anyone. What can you do for those people? What the best you can do for any human being is to stay positive and stay prayerful and stay in a place of, of unlimited love and compassion. That's the best you can do for the planet. Mm -hmm. But first you have to do it for yourself. Then that vibrates out to others. It becomes, that's the contagion. That's the virus that I'm kicking out. If you want to get, get infected with something, get infected with something that's peace and it's love. <laughs> that's the real virus that people need to be contagious, you know, uh, uh, experience. 100%. I'm so deeply with you on that brother and uh I'm i don't know hey will i don't know how well it's gonna go over to your audience but i gotta just keep it real you know what i'm saying well, it's going over it's for me it's a transmission of the essence of what love and truth party is all about okay it's actually okay. what it's designed to be a, a self-replicating mm -hmm. self expression of of love and mm -hmm. 
within the knowing and the teaching that there is one field of consciousness, there is one consciousness happening upon planet Earth, and as each individual within the nervous system awakens to the love and the bliss and the peace that they are, that is a vibration that moves out into the whole and is also very good for our health as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It feels um, very aligned with... It, yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. That our audience yeah. will enjoy and appreciate. And uh, I'm looking forward to people connecting with you. And I'm encouraged to hear there's a second book on the way. Yeah, the second book is going. I might just. Uh, well, I, I'm trying to figure. Out, well, see how what happens. You know, because I need support in doing this next book. You know, as the first book, I needed support, and I need support in doing this next book. And the next book, my I might just do a revision of the last hustle. And uh, add to it, you know, uh, the the neuroplasticity aspect, or point to how I rewrote, I rewired my brain, and I rewrote my life story through neuroscience or through uh, spiritual practices. And uh, I want to be able to link that up throughout the book. Right now, the book is about my life as a hustler, criminal, like and meeting Gangaji and doing prison work. But now I want to add the neuroplasticity part to it. So it might be a, uh, a revision of the book already and just add on to that, you know, change the cover and uh, add maybe a couple of chapters in the front, in the back, and that's it, you know, to what do you uh, include. There might be people uh, who have skills or capacities who feel moved to support you. What, what do you need to assist you to support you in the writing of the second book or in, in the revision? First, a good, a good editor, um, cost, who, I, I realize the value of editor, uh, donations, of course, you know, that always help. And uh, graphic artists, you know, and somebody that knows about computers because I want to create a couple of uh, videos that are sort of like the artistic type. Yes, as I'm talking and speaking, they're able to take my words and, and draw the pictures to symbolize what I'm talking about mm -hmm. because I want to really put, I want to, I want to be able to set out the teachings in a uh, practices that I use daily to stay in the frontal lobe. Mm. And so I just need, basically just right now I need help. <laughs> so if you say, I can, uh, let me just reach out, you never know because I want to create a little team, mm -hmm. a group of us and we, you know, who, who feel like me, think like me and have the experience so that we can start, you know, uh, shifting people's consciousness. Cause you know, Will, when you go to Saxon, you know, that's where it happens, you know, and I want to create a new type of satsang, you know, around neuroplasticity and consciousness, how they work together, you know, and, that, and, and, and it's real easy. Mm -hmm. I just need the, just need that little support, not a lot, because I don't need a lot, you know. I trust that it will come, whether it be through yes, 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 watching yes, this yes, or through other yes. means. And I want to just mm -hmm. extrapolate, expand on something you okay. spoke to there, which is how you rewrote your stories. And this mm -hmm. takes me back to an application. We've, we've, been, we've been sort of sharing our um, mutual interest in neuroplasticity and how to mm -hmm. rewire or, or sculpt or create the brain. And yes. I had my sort of rock bottom in my early 20s. It wasn't in prison. Um, mm -hmm. By, by grace or good fortune, that, that wasn't my path. But mm -hmm. there was a recognition that 
I either had to, I wanted to kill myself, um, mm -hmm. but I realized I couldn't without causing great suffering. So I resolved yes. to transform yes. my mind and body such that I would be a more livable individual. And what I actually right. did for um, many months was start each day. And we started this conversation with you saying that each day we start, we encounter something new to grapple with. And my practice was to write who I am and what this world is. Mm. So I would literally recreate myself, mm -hmm. recreate what this world mm. is that I'm experiencing yes. perceiving yes. through a creative yes. act each day. And we yes. know that that is rewiring, it is creating connections yes. in the brain. Right. Yes. The positive. I'm perceiving a world of possibility. And I'm mm -hmm. perceiving the good qualities in myself that are now being reinforced as I have a narrative or self-narrative that is of the type of being that I want to be. Yes, well. yes. And yes. the time, of course, that becomes true. Yes, 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 yes. Kind and, and, and loving and, and non-reactive. You mentioned yes. the car scenario where someone pulls out in front of us, you know. Yeah. Practice, we can have that. Yes. And laugh or, or bring yes. loving presence to the dude who right. told us, you know. <laughs> and, 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 and the, the rewiring of the brain is, is a... Is, is a biochemical uh, 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 action. You know, the moment, you know, Will says, uh, or anybody says, man, how would it feel to really have a loving, compassionate relationship? Wow, that would feel great. Immediately, the brain synapse starts opening and firing chemicals. It starts firing. Oh, he wants a happy relationship. Bam, it starts firing consciousness is send that information to the brain. Now, by chemically, you'll rewind your brain to receive that, and you keep telling that story pretty soon, you are in a more healthier conscious relationship just by thinking it. And that biochemical reactions open the synapses in the brain, and the synapses stays open for three to five hours to bring in this new information and to rewire the simple system. This is a physical, a uh, 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 operation that's happening here. Uh -huh. it, it's a physical, psychological operation, surgical operation that's happening when you mm -hmm. say, how would it feel, man, to have that Lamborghini? Wow, that would feel great. Boom, the brain said, well, we can't like him giving, he better like give him a Lamborghini, but we can get him a Chevrolet. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Chevrolet type of guy, but he doesn't. But it starts yeah. start rewinding the brain to receive this new information. Uh -huh. I, and it's I, by I, telling the stories, repeating the stories. As, as you were talking about the biochemical, so I, I had an experience when I was on a healing uh, seminar. So I'd been diagnosed mm -hmm. with the brain tumor, and I realized that I hadn't been receiving my father's love for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. on the phone to him and I'm saying, hey dad, I, I realized that you know, I, I sort of held on to my opinion as a 11, 12, 13 year old. I haven't been receiving your love for these last 20 years. Mm -hmm. I am now receiving your love and I want to commit to our being in a relationship moving forward where I'm receiving your love. And mm -hmm. as I said that, this sensation that felt like tears running up 
my temples. Yeah, That's yeah. This guy tells me we have oxytocin being produced here, or maybe it's the other way around, and vasopressin yeah, yeah, yeah. being produced yeah. here. So I, I, I know yeah. from my own experience. Yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yes. You're pointing to. We take on yes, this yes. and as a biochemical transformation, a true transformation. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And can be sustained and embodied. Yes, of course, of course. And it's only, I mean, and it takes, first it takes a few times to do it to repeat it, repeat it pretty soon. Like my mother, you know, every Sunday I would go to church. I kept repeating that verse, repeating that verse pretty soon. That verse was hard, hardwired into my system, into my brain, and it was guiding me. The truth was guiding me of what she gave me. And that truth guided me all the way to whereas I was able to, of all the people I know around me, spiritual teachers, gurus, and whatever else, to experience neuroplasticity. Which is, I feel right now, I feel right now is the highest spiritual teachings a human being can experience because then you understand why Ramana Maharshi went to the cave or the gurus go somewhere and they can sit and don't move because the amygdala has went forward and got shrunk down to damn near nothing and you rep, you see, and you'll become immune to all external things. You become established into a consciousness that's beyond understanding. It makes sense then. You, it's no longer woohoo, woohoo, woo woo. It's no longer, oh, it's no longer that. It's like grounded. And so you can walk the planet grounded now because you know who you are, that you are gods and goddesses walking this planet. Mm -hmm. And you can experience the god like and goddess like power all the time by living in this moment. I live in the moment now. Yeah, I feel that. And the, there's a, a, a quote from many years ago, Gandhi said that the myth of the atomic age is not that we can change the world, but that we know how to change ourselves, that we actually have. That's right, that's right. Neuroplasticity is that. It confirms the spiritual path and the <laughs> religious teachings. That's all it does. It just confirms this is what's happening, guys. And you read the Bible and the Quran and all the stuff, and you see, they're all talking about this body. <laughs> what else can they be talking about? <laughs> Duh! <laughs> and how to access it. I mean, that's all they're doing. But it's ripped up in symbolic language. <laughs> but people need to know the plain truth now. This is why it's becoming more and more accessible to a convicts like me, an ex-convict like me. I mean, you know, man, God, leave. I call myself a neuroplastician because I, I have been in the laboratory of life experiencing everything known to a human being. I've almost had to kill people. I've almost been killed. I've, I've, I've robbed banks. I've pimped. I've, so I've done it all. And to come out of that and sit here talking to you about love, peace, and compassion, I think I'm qualified to call myself a neuroplastician because I have uh -huh. rewired this brain. <laughs> uh-huh. An embodiment, uh, a walkout of the talk. Yeah. I yes. <laughs> I, I think this has probably been one of the most, if not the most enjoyable. I, I get to talk to some extraordinary people on this show. Mm. And I've deeply enjoyed being here with you today, Kenny. I want to just, we'll put all this in the show notes, but just to make it okay. as easy as possible, if there are any uh, graphic designers, videographers, editors, yes. 
or anyone that just wants to connect and maybe work with you and actually right. yes, read some yes, of the wisdom yes. one-on-one, what's the easiest yes. way for people to get in contact with you? Kenny at thissacredspace.org. Kenny at thissacredspace.org. Space. That's the easiest way. And my phone number, 415-342-4807. Is that a Californian number? Yeah, California number. Yeah, I'm in Florida, but it's California number. Yeah. yeah my, my my first mobile phone in the US was a Cal- was a California number. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got started in California. <laughs> I mean, California was it, man. Goddamn. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I want to before, before we wrap up. There's something I want to that feels interesting, which is that in this non-dual teacher space mm-hmm. so people would regard you I, I i think neuroplastician is perhaps a more beautiful word a more accurate teaching and i've always I, I get called a non-dual teacher sometimes and i find this yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a very strange title yeah um, yeah 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 i'd love to hear you you've had this extraordinary journey and you've taken so many paths and, and worn so many hats of, of, of mm-hmm, convict mm-hmm. and, and, and hustler and, and, and uh, yeah. teacher and so on. And I'd like to just invite you to share with us a little bit, because it seems so current and topical. What has it been like being an African-American non-dual teacher? Because I don't know any other yeah, African-American yeah. non-dual teachers. So it yeah, seems yeah. especially interesting that yes, uh, yes, yes. You, you've entered into that space with your background and your skin color. Mm. Yeah, um, that's a good question, Will. Thank you. I had to stop and contemplate that because uh, I've been in the world of uh, Caucasian gurus and teachers and spiritual seekers, you know. And I, uh, I remember one time I was in uh, La Jolla, California, and I was in a spiritual talk spiritual meeting, I think with Gangaji. It was a weekend intensive. And a girlfriend of mine, her boyfriend was there, he was from South Carolina. And he was sitting next to me. And after we came out of meditation, he looked over at me and I had never in my life, Will, felt so much racist hatred for me from a spiritual person. And I said, and I was the first time that I realized, oh, you're a black man in a Caucasian world. And I never forgot that, you know, that I am a minority in a spiritual world that red doesn't recognize skin color. On the other foot, Will, I have felt so much love from the Caucasian teachers, spiritual gurus, whatever. Uh, They saw no color. They just saw my spiritual uh, awakening, awareness. They saw that. Now, that may have been more jealousy or envious, envious there, 
Like, how can he get it? He's a convict. He's a black guy. Right? And I'm a white guy. Right? You know, shit, fuck. I spent $35,000 and I went to, I went to see Baba Luba Luba who would have a house. And this motherfucker was in a penitentiary, you know? And so, I, I, you know, I probably got a lot of that shit, you know, but, you know, I'm going to say, Will, a lot of African-American people are in the Muslim tradition or the Christian tradition. Mm-hmm. It was only when I went to Bali in 2019, whereas I was in a yoga, yoga barn and I saw all these black yoga teachers and meditators. I said, whoa, where they come from? So yoga has been the doorway in for more African-American people for spirituality. It was through yoga that the, the African-American man and woman is experiencing the non-dual teachings now. Mm. Through yoga, that's how it's happening. Uh, it could, Cause it's not gonna happen through Christianity, it's not gonna happen through Islam, but uh, it's not gonna happen even through Buddhism. But it's through yoga that they're coming into this path now. That, now I'm seeing a lot of it now. I, I'm even a, 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 on a group called the Black Bali Community Group or something like that, you know. Whereas that's so, so it's, it's happening through yoga now, you know, more so than ever, you know. Do you have a sense as to why that is, and, and not through Islam or Christianity or Buddhism in the same because way? Because if, if if you're Muslim, you're Muslim. You can't be a you know you can't you know you can't you know you can't abandon Islam. Uh, if you're a Christian, you're a Christian. You can't abandon Jesus. So like, so bias, prejudice, yeah, identity, and whereas, and then plus your brain is your brain is wired for Christianity. Your brain is wired for Islam. So when you start doing yoga, meditation, pretty soon you're rewiring your brain to bring in Buddhist teachings, Zen teachings, you know? It's all, it's all back to the brain. And so when you go to a yoga studio sitting there, pretty soon you're like, oh, okay, this is pretty good. You know, they tell your brother and your son, come on, come to this yoga class. It's through yoga that it's happening. People are being introduced to consciousness through yoga now. Which makes sense because African American men and women are physical. Uh-huh. They're physical beings, you know. They're physical. They want to be strong. They want to be this. They want to be that. And you, and you can do. You can play tennis better. You can lift weights better. You can uh, swim better by doing yoga. So it's through a yoga, physical discipline that they're being introduced to uh, the spiritual aspect of waking up. And the embodiment practices, whether yoga, which has been a big part of my path, or, or qigong, which has also been a mm-hmm. big part of my yeah. practice, mm-hmm. there's a directness that um, transcends and avoids the identity, like I am a Muslim, yeah. or I am a yeah. Christian, yes. or I am a Buddhist. And of yes. course, the true teachings, the core of each of those, would teach us how to be the Christ, how to be yes. a Buddha. Yes. And yes. through an embodiment practice, we yes. have a pathway, particularly one that's neuroplastically informed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd love mm-hmm. to see that. Maybe you partnering mm-hmm. up with a yoga teacher where you've got the two pieces yes. coming together, yes. the yes. embodiment yes. and the conceptual map, the neuroplastic understanding, yes. Yes. such that yes. people can be facilitated in that awakening in a, in a powerful way. It, it will, if you don't include the brain, you, it's just you're wasting, you're wasting people's time. If you don't include it, Directly, consciously, you're wasting people's time. Mm. 
and you and you and and, and, and as a hustler and a criminal, are you committing a crime? You're stealing money from people. You're a thief. I mean, I'm just gonna. I'm a, I'm speaking from the streets. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I already know the street language. I'm speaking from. If I'm telling somebody, you know, hey, come over and do my yoga class. Come do my yoga class, and you don't really, and you're not really pointing them to the true essence of who they are. And, and yeah, you kind of like you're okay, but you're not really giving them all of it. And it's not. It's not their fault. They just don't know. They don't know, Will. In, in, in Zen, there's a saying that kind of is along this line. It's to be selling water by the river. So yeah. the teacher is pointing us to, to what we are. And of course, the right. teacher needs to, to remember that and to give a system or a path or a process that you can go away and, and do and be, yeah. your awakening and embody that and sustain and experience causeless joy that's true 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 that is true thank you so much for sharing your presence and your wisdom and your radiance and your beautiful being with myself and with our listeners and with our viewers today kenny i'm deeply grateful and i'm looking forward to to sharing it with our audience. And thank you to our listeners today for being on the show, for enjoying Kenny as I'm sure that you have. You can get in contact with Kenny at Kenny at the sacred space.org and uh, you can contact Love and Truth Party at loveandtruthparty.org to join the community. Uh, download or order love letters, register for our newsletter, connect on social media, and so on. Thank you to all of our supporters and contributors. Together, we are creating kind, conscious, courageous human communities.